We started a series around two weeks ago. I was honored and grace and privileged to preach this series. And today's the last installment of this series, What It Means to Be Blessed. I'll do a little bit of a recap for those of you who haven't been here. And for those of you that come every Sunday, can you make some noise for the faithful that come every Sunday? I know after a pandemic, it's like, yo, what's the norm? Do I come once a month, once every six months? No, we here every Sunday, yo. We here every single Sunday. So we will see you next week. Uh, but a couple weeks ago, we started this series. And uh, we started with the first installment saying, the blessed one isn't, the, isn't only the one who receives, but it's also the one who gives. That was week one. Week two, we said that, uh, that everyone is a steward, but not everyone is a good steward. Um, and that one day Jesus will return and he will ask us, what did we do with what he's given us? Today's the last installment of this series, What It Means to Be Blessed. And the title of today's sermon is... I am blessed with a gift. I am blessed with a gift. Will you bow your head and close your eyes as we pray with the preaching of God's word. God, we love you so much. Your presence is here. Your word says where, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So God, as, as we understand and receive your word today, we know you are doing spiritual surgery in the room. God, who are, we, who are we to be a people that would only take your blessing and not take your instruction? Well, God, may we be humble enough to take the good and the construction you want to do in our minds, in our souls, in our hearts, and in our everyday life. God, challenge everyone in this room. Uh, we don't come here, God, to get tickled on our ears or, you know, just what our flesh wants, God. We, we want what the Spirit wants to do in our lives. Uh, and God, we pray that we open our hearts to receive it. In your name we pray. Come on, everybody said? Amen. New birth can see me. Everyone says? Amen. Amen. We're going to get a little rowdy this morning. I want to re read from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Um, it's really what we're going to be preaching out of today. I am blessed with a gift. It's just 1 Peter. It's the New Testament. Um, I love Peter. Uh, one of the disciples. He's actually the disciple that betrayed Jesus um, three times. So if you ever betrayed Jesus, uh, you still have an opportunity for God to use you. Come on, somebody. Anybody grateful to God that he's not a God of second chances? He's a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, sixth chances. I mean, he's, he's always there for you. There's grace abundantly. Wherever there needs to be grace, grace flows abundantly. Peter's writing in... 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, God has given gifts. Notice the word given there. Uh, I, I, I searched up what given means in the Greek, and it means given. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> which means that God's not going to give you gifts. God's already given you gifts to each of you from where? from his great variety of spiritual gifts, and I love this, manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. So he's given gifts, but Peter's like, hey, it's good to know you've been given gifts, but manage them well so that God's generosity, other translations say God's grace, God's blessing, God's favor can flow through you. God's gift is given. What am I trying to say? You have a gift. You have been blessed with 
a gift. What does it mean to be blessed? It means to not only receive but to give. It means to be a good steward. But to be blessed is to understand that you have been given a gift. If I were to ask you in here who has a gift, you're not allowed to keep your hand down. Because when God designed all of us, before he placed us on earth, he gave us a, can you say it with me? Gift. So let's, let's do a little poll. Who in here has a gift from God? All of us. You have been given a gift. I want to pivot to this idea that the richest people in the world are not the happiest people in the world. If the richest people in the world were the happiest, then that, you know, what, what challenges that we find most, most often rich people sometimes go into depression because they have everything on paper that should contribute to their happiness, yet there's a hole inside that they can't fulfill. Yet, I can probably go to some poor countries with people who have nothing, and I can find hope, and I can find joy, and I can find peace in those places. Because my, hope, my, my joy and my sense of completion and my happiness does not come from things, but it comes from God. That he, and only he, can fulfill me and, and give me that sense of completion. And I like talking about that because how that ties into gifts is that really until you exercise the gift that God has given you, until you understand and exercise it, you will go all through life figuring out what do I need to do to feel complete. Not only is the love of God in my life, not only am I saved. Oh, yeah, I'm saved. I go to New Birth. I'm, I love my church. Okay. But there's something called the gift that God has given you that if you don't exercise in it, that if you don't take it, receive it, and multiply it, that you can be at the best church in the world. Hey. And walk away from God. Because something out there is tricking you to believe that it can fill you up what's missing in here. I want to kind of let you know that the devil's okay with you coming to church. Did you know that? Some of you guys are like, yo, you brought me to this church, bro. What the heck's going on? <laughs> the devil's okay with you coming to church. The devil was okay with Judas being next to Jesus for three years. He was totally fine with that. Why? Because how close you are to God doesn't mean you have a relationship with him. And when you are in a relationship with God, you understand that he hasn't just saved you. He didn't just die for you, but he has a purpose for you on this world. He has something for you to do, and he's given you a gift someone say I have a gift and listen it's already in you that's the thing so you don't have to buy it like when you leave church today we're not selling gifts in the lobby we got a gift of prophecy for five bucks I got a minor gift of word of knowledge right here for anybody who wants it I got a gift of patience anybody want patience hello I'll take two of those gifts no we're not selling gifts friends you've got the gift already in you God gave it to you when he designed you, you know, the Bible says that God formed you in your mother's womb. And we wonder why culture and Satan himself is attacking the womb of mothers. Because in the womb is where God forms you. It's where God puts you together. But before he completes you, he says, no, I'm going to give them a gift. And we're blessed with a gift. I like to call it a grace gift. Here's the definition of a grace gift. It's the special ability that God gives to advance his purposes in this world it's a special ability you've got an ability oh, thank you spider-man with great power comes great responsibility if you don't know that quote we're praying for your salvation today after the sermon just kidding 
So it's awesome that God gives you a gift. Can I, can I have my gift today? Thank you so much. Look at this gift. Is it pretty? How many guys, who's ready for Christmas? Come on, somebody. I'm ready. Like, once pumpkin spice is available, I'm already in Christmas mode. God's giving you a gift. You know what kids don't do on the morning of Christmas? Or, you know, if you're Hispanic, you probably celebrate at midnight. You know, hey, when the clock hits 12, it's Christmas. You know what kids don't do? You know, like, thanks, Mom, for the gift. You know what they don't do? They don't go to their closet and hide it. And just like, <laughs> I got a gift. <laughs> Imagine, like, hey, son, daughter, where's the gift I gave you? I spent some money on that bad boy, all right? They go, oh, it's in the closet. <clears throat> it's just so awesome to know I have it, but I don't want to open it. I don't want to touch it. It's good there. It's good to know I've got it. But as a parent, you're like, bro, I worked hard for that gift. I didn't give it to you for no reason. Go grab it. Go open it. And I want to see you. I want to see you having fun. I want to see you fulfilled. I want to, I know what you need. I know what you need. So I gave you the gift. And, and children, that's what they don't do, right? I mean, some children probably, right? I open it in a week. No. We don't hide the gift. We don't, we don't put the gift under a rug. No, we, we open the gift. In church, we've been in church for six years. And I've been a, I've been a young adult pastor and youth pastor for five years. And, and there's nothing, like, more saddening than seeing people that are given gifts that decide to hide it away. It's that word uh, that was said a lot at my parent-teacher conferences growing up. Gabby, Petri, your son's got potential. He's a bad kid, but he's got potential. I was always awkwardly in those meetings, right? Like, so am I in trouble or am I not in trouble because I got potential? I'm a little scarred. I'm sorry I'm venting to you this morning. But it's like, how many people just have potential? And they're okay with potential. And they're satisfied with potential. But God sent me here this morning to tell you, church, you have a gift, and it's time to open this bad boy up. It's time to give it to God. It's time to give it to the church. I know the wrapping looks nice. I know the bow looks pretty. I know it's awesome to know you have a gift because sometimes knowing you have a gift just lets you know that God is real and you're okay with that. But God doesn't want only want to be real. He wants to be good. And he wants to multiply. And he wants to bless you. I'm going to just keep this gift right here. I, I love First Peter because it, it says in verse 10, God has given gifts to each of you, all of you. It's already given through his variety of spiritual gifts. But then it says to manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. So, so God decides to be generous to those that know how to steward their gift. Th those who know how to manage their gifts, God tends to bless them. Can I get an amen this morning? Like, you are managing your gift, and God says, you know what, that's someone to bless. That you are sharpening your gift, and God is saying, you know what, that is somebody that I can bless and pour favor over. I, I, I've, been, I've, been give, I've been given a gift of communicating and preaching and teaching. And I got to tell you, in the beginning of my life, I was given a gift, and I was like, you know, like, no, <laughs> like, I don't really want it. Because I know what comes with the gift. I know, I know the, the hard work and, 
And at some point in my life, I received it and I opened it. And, and, and what I started doing, I took two speech classes in college and, and um, not on purpose. And um, I just tried to get better. And I'd write outlines every week, just, just trying to sharpen my gift. And, and I, would, I would hear people speak and hear communicators, not only in church, but out of church. I fell in love uh, when I was like 18 with like TED Talks and I'll just listen to all of them just to like see how they present ideas and, and communicate and, and I'll have like my favorite preachers. I remember when I first started preaching, you know, they say this, you got to really be an echo before you can find your voice and sometimes you got to sing with a bunch of people to see how you stand out. I, I just remember looking at so many preachers and hearing them and studying them. And, and like I remember when I was given the opportunity to preach, I'd sit in front of the mirror and I'd preach to myself. I'd be like, come on, church. And it's just me looking at me, you know what I mean? And I would, I would go weekly doing this thing. Why? Because I have a gift and I understand that I have to not just keep it in, because it's, it's like a seed. Like you got to put water in the gift for it to grow. Like you've actually got to work it out. You've got to steward that gift. And I got to let you know, by the grace of God, I'm here today. I would not be preaching if I didn't have this gift. Did you know that? Because... You, you don't know how my stomach feels before I walk up here and preach. You got no idea. I am afraid. I'm nervous. I'm sweating in weird places. I'm just like going nuts in the corner like God. And then, and then oh, oh, overwhelmingly comes the confidence of God that, wait, God, no, I didn't earn this gift. I didn't buy this gift. I wasn't given this gift by a man or a woman. God, you gave me this gift. God, you placed it in my life. And I got to work this thing out. And I got to step up here, yeah, in fear and trembling, but also boldly in confidence that God asked me to be here. I would not be here if God didn't want me to be here. I would not serve in the position any longer that God stops me from doing it. Because what good is it to, to look in front of people when, when you're not in the right standing with God? What good is it to act a part and be in a, in a role? Some of us are good at faking gifts, but no, God, what is the gift you've given me that you don't have to work hard for? Like my wife and I, we have completely different gifts. I would say we complete each other, but I got to be careful with the word complete because I really don't believe that in marriage your spouse completes you. I, I think that's for a marriage co uh, conference or something. I don't know. Because here's the thing. If you look for someone that's going to complete you, sometimes you'll never find the, the one because only God could really fulfill you and complete you. And a partner's just going to come alongside you. That's another day for another time. See you in February. But... <laughs> But my wife, like, we've got different gifts. Like, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I'm, I'm, like, 100%. I'm, like, vision. I'm, like, let's get this thing going. I'll look at systems and structures. Like, what do we got to do? And she'll ask me a question that, like, I don't think about sometimes. She's like, okay, but how do you feel? Turns to her brother, like, feelings? What is that? <laughs> no, but how does the team feel? It's like, I, sometimes I'm not wired that way, you know? Like, and she helps me. Like, this year I started seeing a therapist and, she was just so excited about this because I'd tell her the stuff that they'd tell me. And she'd be like, but babe, I, I tell you that every day. I'm like, all right, babe, stop. Sometimes you got to hear from someone else for it to really stick. You know what I mean? You just got to hear from someone else. Because she's got that gift. Like, you didn't know she studied, she's like studying social work. That stuff gets her excited. I'm just like, okay. I get excited about different things. Is she better? Am I better? No, we're just different. And she's got that gift. She gets excited about, like, planning and, like, planners and, like, calendars. 
like specific gel pens. Like just, she gets, her, her day's lit up. Like here's a, here's a pack of pens. <laughs> Someone gives me pens, I'm like, cool. Are you trying to say something? Like give me pens. The calendars and like the, the marks, like the little stickers at the end of the papers, you know, the ones. They're like, look, they're multicolored. You think she's going to like elementary school over here. She's got a new notebook, a new book bag. and I'm like, what's going on? But some of you guys right now, you're just, you're jacked up about this stuff. Like you're smiling. You're like, yes, I love that too. Oh my God. A new notebook is my love language. <laughs> you know? Like she's not better. I'm not better. We're just different. We got different gifts. If you didn't know, she works in the administration team. That was a hard word to say for a sec. I can't even say her gift. She, she has an administrative gift, and she works at our church. She works at the office, and she organizes, and she connects. You know, like, it's, it's not, like, worse. It's just different. And you have a gift. That's different. It's not worse. It's not better. It's just different. And God gave it to you. God hardwired you a certain way. For some of you guys, it's singing. For some of y'all... You only sing in the shower, and it sounds pretty awesome. But, man, I, I, I dare you to steward that gift. I dare you to get, yeah. At least somebody shouting me down. Was that my nephew? Yeah, it's, of course it's my nephew. It's, you know, the blood shouting me down tonight. If it's managing, I dare you to bring your managing skills into the church. I dare you to sharpen that. Like, if your gift is just ma managing, organizing projects, like, when you were in school and they said someone's going to be the group leader, you just, you didn't have to say anything. Everyone's like, it's this person. It's, they've got that gift. Like, own it, accept it, but, man, steward that gift. Maybe your gift is teaching. You love teaching. I mean, if I just talk to you about the new PowerPoint software, you just get excited about it. Like, I love that stuff. It's like, okay, but what? But are you sharpening it? Maybe your gift, the Bible has, says that there's a gift of generosity. That there are men and women that they, whatever, they, whatever they touch, that God just blesses. That whatever they touch, that God just blesses. And, and the Bible says that these people ought to take that gift of generosity and bring it into the church. You've got a gift. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to buy it. When God designed you, he gave you a gift. If you're grateful to God this morning that you have a gift, how about you lift your hands and just say, God, thank you so much for what you're doing. Come on, anybody in here just grateful for the gift? God, I'm not mad that you hardwired me this way. I'm grateful. It's a grace gift. Thank you. Thank you. Here's a question that you may be asking. Why did God give me this gift? I didn't ask for it. When my parents fell in love, I didn't have a meeting with God in heaven bargaining for my gifts. Hey, God, I'll take, you know, a side of leadership and uh, I'll take a main gift of uh, evangelism. And you didn't bargain with God for your gifts. Why did God give you this gift? Here's why he gave it to you. It's by his grace. He's just so good. He didn't want to just place you on earth to live a life and have a family and to die, you know, like and retire and die. Like that's not God's, God wants you to feel fulfilled while you're here on earth. 
like something just gets you going, something that, that just keeps you up at night. Like maybe it's people. Maybe it's when you think about people that are hurting, that keeps you up at night. Maybe for some of you have the gift of intercession. Like you just love praying for people. Like you can go hours and hours just praying in the presence of God for other people. For some of you, maybe, you know, whatever it is, God gave that to you by his grace. I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask to be a speaker, I promise. I didn't say, God, make me a preacher. I actually grew up intimidated by the microphone, seeing my dad preach every week. And I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. I'm good. And so God's like, hey, you got this, you've got this within you. You've got this within you. And, 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 it, and it hits you like, how dare we look at God and say, why'd you make me this way? How, like, let's humble ourselves for a second. We are dust and God's breath equals us. Dust plus breath equals us. By his grace we're here. God forbid any of us just get so big headed and so entitled that we get mad at God for making us a certain way. If he made you a certain way, it's for a certain purpose to be a certain type of person to reach a different type of people. And how dare you and I go, God, but why'd you make me this way? We got to switch it to gratitude and say, God, thank you for making me this way. Thank you, God. Thank you. It's a blessing. It's by your grace. Don't ever, God, don't ever let me get to a place that I just get a little mad or intimidated or just. I, don't ever let me get to a place where my pride leads me to disagree with who God called me to be. It takes humility to agree with God. Your pride will always allow you to disagree with God. You ever see somebody trying to do something they're not designed to do? You ever see a vehicle try to do, like, I can't take a bike to Europe. I can't do it. I can only take a plane. And I've seen a lot of Christian bikes trying to cross over the water. I've seen a lot of Christian planes trying to ride in, in streets. It's not going to work that way. Your design reveals your destiny. Will you agree with God, though? It takes humility to agree with God. I agree with who you designed me to be. I agree with who you're calling me to be. See, here's the thing. Because it's, why did God give me this gift? Because it's by his grace. But it's also, next part of the idea, it's for his purpose. It's for his purpose. Church, there are some people that you can reach that I will never be able to reach. There's people that you can reach that Pastor Gabby will never be able to reach. And that's because God in the New Testament, I love it through his apostles, calls us a royal priesthood. That we all have an assignment. That the people with gifts aren't the people on the platform. That God's given us all gifts. Right? Because sometimes in church you tend to glorify the people on stage. Right? No, you've got a gift. You've got a gift. You've got to give. Like, where would I be? How could I preach without the sound guy today? Like, no. Like, we need each other. Because we're all part of the same body. And I don't know about you, but new birth, we need to be a complete body. Not just a body without legs. No, we got to be a complete body. You know, the unseen ministries, that's like, you know, security and like production media. Those are like 
the unseen organs in the body. Like, yeah, you can't see them, but they're really important to make this thing happen. We all need each other. We're all part of this body. And that's how God designed us. By his grace, for his purpose. First Corinthians chapter 12, just to pivot over to another part of the New Testament, verses 4 to 6. It says that there are diversities of gifts. Someone say diversities. There are diversities of gifts. I love this. But the same spirit. So the same spirit is dropping gifts on to each and every one of us. Some of us have the gift of faith. The gift of servanthood. You know, Jesus had a gift. And he was a uh, carpenter. Some of us are really good with their hands. If you have a carpenter gift, you know, hey, Jesus had a carpenter gift. Even Jesus, look at that. Even God gave Jesus a little, a little side thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, look, Mary, a chair. You know, like, let's go. We all got gifts. And it's the same spirit that gives a diversity of gifts. Diversity, but it's the same spirit. Verse 5, there are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. My next point, I said it a couple times, write it down. Not better, but different. Different. That's the Holy Spirit train right there. I was just kidding. I think I try to find a new joke for that train every week. We'll figure out the right one in a couple weeks, and we'll, we'll, we'll probably ring that out. Not better, but different. My gift may be different, but it is not better because it's from the same spirit. It's from the same spirit. Uh, I'm asking the worship team to come up. I want to give you this real quick. Do you know what happens? This is so dangerous. You know what happens when, when you have a gift but you don't use it the right way, do you know what happens? Let's look at the, let's look at the positive side, right? So let's say today you leave inspired, you, you receive the word of the Lord in your heart, and you say, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join this church, and I'm going to find my gift. If you guys didn't know, the first Sunday of November, November 7th, right after our 12 o'clock, we have next steps where you actually take a spiritual gifts assessment. You can't fail it. It literally reveals how you were designed, what spiritual gifts you have. If you've done next steps, can you raise your hand in the room, all over the room? Let's go, hands up, let's go. So all of you have on paper, on file, the list of your spiritual gifts. That's what we do as our membership process of becoming a member of New Birth. So that's the first Sunday of November. So this is what happens when, when you give God your gift, right? So some of you, you know your gift, and you say, okay, I'm going to join a team. I'm going to serve people. I'm going to be uh, literally a person that walks with purpose. I'm going to be a, a person that walks with this idea that, God, I'm not just going through life or going through the motions, but, God, I have an assignment from you. I've been given a gift, and I'm going to work it out. You know what happens? That God will bless you as you sharpen it, that God will grace you. And here's the most important thing, that God will use you to reach people. That because you played the drums this Sunday, somebody had an experience and their life was changed forever. That you led someone to their seat today, that someone just sat in the right place at the right time and they caught everything from the right angle and God did something in their life and their life changed forever. That's what happens 
when you use your gift and God blesses it and God multiplies it and God uses you to reach other people. But you want to know what happens when you don't use your gift? Let's say you've been given the gift of discernment. I know a lot of people, because I, I did the last, like, three Next Steps classes, and most of y'all had the gift of discernment. Like, you could walk into a room and be like, something's wrong about this room. I don't know what it is, but there's some spiritual warfare going on in here. Uh, so, some of you guys have a gift of, 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 like, word of knowledge, that you're able to tell someone, hey, how you doing? Awesome. Yeah. Hey, so God's telling me that you're going through something of X, Y, Z, and they're like, You, you follow me on Facebook or something, how you know that? They know, see, the Holy Spirit just gives me these words of knowledge and I'm using my, some of you guys have those gifts. So listen, when you use it and you manage it and you steward it, God will bless you, God will multiply, and God will reach people. But when you don't use it for God, do you know what happens? You know how dangerous the gift of discernment is for someone that doesn't want to steward their gifts? Instead of reaching people, you'll pull people away from God. So you'll take that gift of discernment and instead of lifting someone up, you'll pull some people together and you gossip about them. Hey, you know something's wrong with her, right? I just, I just feel like something's wrong with her. No, that's not God's idea. You know, like I, I see people, like, like, like I see secular artists that got like millions of followers and they'll do a concert and, and all these kids are dancing and jumping about like drugs and sex and they're getting excited you know what I don't do I, I don't go oh man like look at that dude like oh he's a vessel of the devil no I go oh my goodness what would happen if God got a hold of that man right there what would happen if he took his gift and he gave it to God he'd get people jumping and dancing for the Lord he'd get people running and giving their life away for the things of the Lord uh, what am I, what am I, what am I, my friend from high is a club promoter right now. He's promoting clubs. As we're bringing people and promoting, I literally tell him, like, bro, you're like the unsaved version of me. Like, I don't demonize the man. I go, oh, my God, what? You just have a way with, like, connecting with people and serving people and people are drawn to you. Oh, my God. I just think about it. God, what would happen if you got a hold of their life? What would happen if he just switched his mentality and said, I'm going to love and serve people for the glory of Jesus Christ? I see artists. I see people in the world that I don't judge them. I say, oh, what would happen? God got a hold of them. And church, I echo those same words here. You know, the, the Pharisees, they looked at Jesus, and he has such an incredible gift. He wouldn't go to the religious people who were saved. He would go to the prostitutes, to the sinners, to the tax collectors, by the way, who were publicly known for robbing people in the name of Rome. And he would sit with them, and he would eat with them, and he would laugh with them. And the, the religious people at the time, they said, look at him. He's a friend of sinners. Like if Jesus was alive today, I don't know if he'd be going to a lot of churches. 
Because Christians love to like just like just separate themselves. Like, no, we're just gonna serve us. We're just gonna do our little thing and our little thing. When Jesus says, I didn't come for the saved, I came to seek and save the lost. And if I got a gift, I gotta go and be light in the middle of darkness and salt in a tasteless world. Because that's what this gift's supposed to do. This gift is supposed to allow me to reach people. It's supposed to allow me to reach people. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. I love this verse. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. My next idea is this, that we are given gifts because we are his masterpiece. So he, he made us and designed us. And he gave his gifts. But the way Ephesians ends this part, the way Paul's kind of wrapping up this verse, is this the next point is that we need to walk out the gift that God worked out in us. So like that one song I grew up dancing to, like, yo, like walk it out. Like you got a gift. <laughs> like walk it out. <laughs> walk it out. It's time to get the gift and work it out and walk it out and open it up and open it up and open it up and I, I'm tired of having potential I, I'm tired of just like waiting for like a sign from from somebody to tell me to do something that that God already put in me like and and when I open it up it's God's grace y'all it's God's grace your gift is not about your gift it's about God's grace because he gave you that gift that's not yours, it's his. And one day he will return and say, my servant, what did you do with what I gave you? Oh, I went to church here and there. No, no, no. God, I took the gift that you gave me and I was a manager and I was a steward and I was blessed and I reached people for your name. And I was light in the middle of darkness. Like if you got a really cool Instagram, I dare you to join our creative team. We need more of you. You like Instagram aesthetic, you like photography, videography, we can use your help. You like planning, organizing events, we can use your help. There's people that are dying that need you. They need you. Kissimmee needs you, the world needs you. My last verse is Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. This is Paul telling Timothy something specific do not neglect the spiritual gift that is in you isn't that so wild guys I I'm almost done but isn't that so wild that Paul's assignment right here to Timothy is to tell him bro don't neglect the gift that is within you don't neglect it Church, may, may we leave today receiving the word of God that if he's called me to manage, why am I going to believe the lie of the enemy that I can be saved and, and decide to live neglecting my gift? But, God, but God's speaking to Paul. He's telling us today, don't neglect the gift that is within you. Have you ever seen a neglected person before? A person who grew up in neglect? Statistics right now in America, so many boys and girls are growing up without parents. 
are neglected and, and, and like all the people who are incarcerated in prison, it's wild when you go into the statistics of how much of them were neglected by society, by their family. And listen, I'm not saying like if you don't have parents, you can't be a good parent because like some of us in here, we, had, we didn't have a dad. But that inspired you to be the best dad that you could be. Come on, anybody in here, one of them. Like you didn't have a mom, but that inspired you to be the best mom that you could be. But man, we can't deny the reality of neglect and what that does to a child. How a child develops. It, it's like, it's wild seeing that. How, how a child develops around neglect. Like I, I, one of my friends right now, one of my buddies, he's in prison right now. He's a 33rd. It's my homie. I'm like shook. I'm like praying for the man. And if you didn't know, we grew up together. Like we grew up and, and, and we grew up in the church. I mean, we'd have fun. We'd run around. We were, we were AJ and Coco just running around like those are two church kids in here. And we just, we just make a mess and we, we'd break stuff and, and we'd hide. And, and I remember one day, it, it's, it, hit, it hit me last week. I remember one day, me and my, my bro uh, and, and a couple of our friends, we started to play hide and seek. And then, oh my gosh, it was such a huge church. It was the best place to play hide and seek. So we'd play and then um, we shut off all the lights. And I remember one time my dad walked into the sanctuary and he called all of us by name. And I promise you, it was like the word of the Lord. Like John was like, oh. It's just so shook. And then my dad got us all together, and he was like, hey, well, you guys having way too much fun without me. Let's do this again. I'm it. Ready, set, go. And we started playing hide and seek with my dad in the church. It was the funnest thing ever. And it was just like my dad going around, and we went to tag, and he starts tagging us, and we're having a bunch of fun. And, and then my friend right now who's, who's locked up, I remember when we were done playing, he, he, looked at, he, he looked at me and my dad, and he looked at my brother and my friends, and he went up to my dad, he said, Pastor Gabby, then we told my dad, he said, Pastor Gabby, I wish I had a dad like you. And I was like, at the moment, I was like, yo, he kind of is your dad, like we're homies. And he said again, no, but like, Pastor, like, I wish I had a dad like you. I wish I had someone in my life that loved Jesus and, and raised me up and wanted to be here. But my, my dad, he doesn't want to be in my life right now. My dad doesn't want anything to do with me. And I'm not saying that that's what made him, you know, fall away. But what I'm saying is what happens when there is neglect is destructive. When there's neglect to people and God's giving you a gift and in Timothy he said yo don't neglect the gift that is within you. It won't, it won't grow up right in your heart. It won't burst up. And when it's time for you to actually use your gift because your family's in the hospital, when it's time to actually use your gift because people around you are dying, you're going to be pulling from an empty closet. You're going to be pulling a weapon that hasn't been sharpened. You're going to be choosing a shield that hasn't been built up. Church, you have a gift. You have a gift. God sent me this morning to remind you, you have a gift you don't have to work for it. You don't have to buy it. It is all ready within you. Do not neglect the gift that is within you. Because one day we will see Jesus. And he will ask you a question. What did you do with what I've given you? And listen, I don't want to hear the words, oh, you were lazy. Depart from me. I never knew you. I want to hear the words, my good and faithful.